Tom, are you okay? I lost her. Her? She was going to be this epic, trilogy-worthy character. I was going to be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act 1! You need some writer's group therapy. Hi, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. So I had to laugh because we decided we would do an episode about retcons. And then when I brought it up to Tom, you had a completely different definition of retcon than what it actually is. So I want you to tell the listener oh, what your well, definition was. I, I mean, I understand what it is now, but um, it makes total sense now. But the one I always heard was from uh, watching Torchwood, the BBC series, the sci-fi series. They would always give people these pills called retcon to make them forget what they had seen, like aliens or ant monsters or whatever it was, so that people could go back to their normal lives. So it was kind of like, you know, roofing people. And, uh, and that's where I, I learned the term retcon from. <laughs> Which I think is funny. I'm like, you've been doing this longer than me. How have you not heard this term? So for everybody out there, we are going to give you the definition of retcon, and then we will go into it. So retcon is retroactive continuity. So Retroactive continuity, or retcon for short, is a literary device in which established facts in a fictional work are adjusted, ignored, or contradicted by a subsequently published work, which breaks continuity with the former. And as a sci-fi writer and a comic book lover, I'm sure you've seen a lot of retconning. Yeah, it's, yeah, and um, the biggest one everyone always points to is a Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, when they introduce the idea of midichlorians. Uh, I don't know if it was re- it was ep- ever mentioned in any of the literature, to be honest with you. But in the movie world, um, they never said anything about these microscopic creatures that let you control the force or whatever it is. So here we are. We've already had three movies go out and whatever else, you know, the stories and the comics and the books. And now here everyone gets introduced to, oh, the whole the force is not just a mystical thing. It's actually some microscopic creatures in my bloodstream. So that was a big, huge what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with retconning is, like, I understand it happens a lot. And especially, like we were saying, with comic book movies and and comic books in general, you know, somebody dies and then they bring them back to life and whatever. Soap operas, for crying out loud, they retcon all the time. But I just wonder if it's lazy writing. Well... It's it's serving some sort of purpose, obviously. You making hope money. It That's what it's yeah. serving, like, is making more like money. The, the Star Trek franchise, you know, they told J.J. Abrams, do whatever you want, and they created a whole new timeline where everything else is, everything's different. The characters have different backstories and have different relationships. But, you know, I think the fun part is we get to see that they still come together and form that same team that we, you know, Trekkies love, Trekkers, whatever you are, you know, love. So in some ways, it's kind of like giving you a fresh start to tell new stories. And, and then you just kind of move on from there. And some people um, have never experienced those movies, the original uh, Star Trek movies. So this is a, an opportunity for them to come in fresh with new actors and new stories and, and start to enjoy it now. So there are, you know, creative and business reasons to do it. Um, so I don't blame it on the writers because it's often a business decision. Well, to yeah, do something I mean, like that. they're told to do it. But I just wonder, I mean, for the people who already love an established property and then when there's a retcon and it's especially when it's handled poorly, 
it just makes me mad. <laughs> I, I'm just like, what are you doing? I don't want to watch this anymore, you know? Yeah, the uh, X-Men series did, did that big time. They had the, you know, first X-Men, you know, one, two, and three, and a whole bunch of people died. And then Days of Future Past came out, and they rewrote the entire history of everything. And they literally show that in the last scene of the movie. They show, oh, look, these dead people are back, and everyone's happy. And it's kind of like, really? It's like there's no consequences in anything? A little, yeah, a little frustrating. So, yeah, that can be, you know, disappointing. You're like, okay, yeah. But it kind of clears the, the deck, so to speak. They're like, okay, now we can make some new stuff. So I understand why they would retcon something in a fantasy world. So that would be, you know, your comic book movies and your fantasy and sci-fi films, because you can kind of explain it away with magic or whatever, but time travel or something like that. But it's weirder when there's a retcon in a quote unquote normal world. So for example, I saw Mamma Mia 2 over the summer with my friend and we were both big fans of the first movie. And we were like, wait a minute, they changed the order of when she meets the guys. And it's kind of a big deal because it actually makes a big difference in how the main character, Donna, responds to things. You know, so in the first movie, she meets Sam, who's the guy, right? He's the one. And then Sam leaves her and she sleeps with the next guy, Bill, who's kind of like a rebound guy, and then Harry. But they completely change the order in movie two of how she meets the men. They put Harry first, and I think then it's Bill and then Sam and then back to Bill. And so you're kind of like, but wait, I thought the whole point was she was trying to get over like this major love of her life. So it's a little bit weird, I think, when they... Time travel. They had to have known. I mean, it's it's touched on in the very like first 10 minutes of the first movie, the order of who she meets. Yeah. I know there there's a bunch of these that happen in like Friends, which which is kind of interesting because you, you when you have a TV show, you have a lot more writers than you have when you have a movie. So, you you think it would accidentally happen more often in TV because I think there was one thing where like um uh it seems like everybody uh, doesn't recognize Rachel in the beginning. And then later they reveal that Chandler actually met Rachel almost a year before the wedding that starts the first episode of Friends. And Ross has been in love with her his whole life. So, of course, he should recognize her, right? Yeah. So so the question is, yeah, is it, was that done by accident or was that written in for a reason? Because there wasn't, it didn't seem like there was a reason to put it in, I mean, after the fact to keep that a secret or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and but it does mostly happen in sci-fi, and 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 there are reasons to do it that are valid. Um, usually, Back to the Future kind of gets a big pass because you know changing the past is part of the plot. You're, he's, he goes back in time, and things get screwed up, and he has to fix them, and that's the whole point of the movie. In those cases, you know, they they kind of don't don't consider those you know retcons in the negative sense. They're plot actual plot pieces but then you have a movie like terminator genesis which well you know is, is well all the terminator movies are also they're also time travel but it's a little more crazy like they're really pushing how much they're changing from one movie to the next so it's not just little things it's and it's not necessarily the plot of the movie it's that they're forcing you to accept new information 
in order to validate their plot of the new movie. Mm-hmm. So in those cases, I, again, I don't know if it's, if it's like you said, lazy writing or if they just had an idea for a movie and then they had to make it work to fit everything else they've already done if they want to do it within the franchise's universe. Yeah. I mean, I think like in the example of the, the Friends pilot, I think that just might be them trying to find their footing. Because I've always noticed when you watch a show, like the first couple episodes, it's always kind of weird. They're just trying to find their groove. And then once they find their groove, they're like, okay, cool. You know? Um, So that might not really be like a retcon in the true sense of the word, but definitely, you know, the other ones. And I just wonder, how would, how would you handle writing a retcon gracefully without pissing off your audience? Oh, it's just kind of like subtext, but when you're talking about the plot, you have to do it subtly, I guess. It makes sure you, if if it's a, you know, it depends on how big the change you're trying to make is. Obviously, um, if suddenly you're going to have a Christmas episode and you already told everyone, you know, episodes and episodes ago that somebody is, you know, you know, Mormon or not Mormon or like Muslim or Jewish or something like that. Well, how can you have an episode now? Suddenly they're now they're Christian, you know, so it seems like that would be like an obvious, you know, you know, attempt at, you know, kind of just changing it for the the sake of what you want to, you know, do as far as an episode goes. So I would just say if you're doing something, you know, subtly, if you're just trying to introduce a little bit of information to make the story roll a little smoother, then it's okay to do, but you have to do it in, you know, an elegant way. Yeah. And I think definitely do your research especially if it's an established property and there's tons of films and books and whatever, as much research as you can do to see what's already in the existing world. So you're not pulling something out of nowhere. Especially if you're writing, you know, spec scripts, if you're writing a TV TV episode for an existing show, do your research so that when you, you submit that people aren't looking at you going, well, that doesn't make any sense because they they must not have actually researched this show before they, they wrote it. Yeah. Or you could do the the uh, other lazy writing cliche. It was all a dream. <laughs> right. So how about for all of you? What have been your favorite or most hated retcons in a film or TV show? Let us know at WG Therapy. You can also find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share it with your friends. We'll see you next week. <laughs>